are back. Warp and Move Radio, Radio Next TV at the Blue Groove site. Coming to you on Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 11.50. Inviting guests from in and around Indianapolis who are doing good. Christians based on Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. Do good, do good, do good. That's our focal point. At the Comenius Institute, the sign that stand up right behind us here, if you're looking at Facebook Live or later on in the archived footage, uh, this particular organization crosses three bridges. The first bridge is in the college. Our focal point is uh, ministering Christian young people on the campus of IUPUI, helping them to think Christianly about their studies and their, the ideas that they're confronting there. The second bridge is in the community, which is what we do right now. Uh, through our radio show, we're grateful to bring in guests who are invested in Indianapolis Christians who are doing good, crossing all kinds of boundaries. Doesn't matter who we talk to, but we're looking for believers who are invested in our communities. And then the third bridge that we cross is the culture. We do this on a regular basis, uh, especially through my teaching, writing, and video. Uh, you can sign up for our Truth in Two, subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Comenius Institute YouTube channel. In fact, yesterday, I just posted a video about the pro-life movement, the emphasis of uh, the importance of uh, pro-life, and I actually told a story about J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State University, whose mom uh, considered abortion, but then moved away from it. And of course, those of you who watch football, college football at all, know J.K. Dobbins, one of the great running backs for Ohio State University. A great story there if you're interested. Go to my website, warpandmove.org, that's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org, or the Institute.org or .com, and you can find everything that you need there. But today, we are really happy to have with us a couple of guests from Goodwill Industries, Trellis and Damon, thanks ever so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. We're grateful for uh, great services and great partners around Indianapolis like Goodwill and Goodwill Industries. And so uh, maybe the first best thing for us to do here this morning is to kind of get a lay of the land about what Goodwill does, maybe some history from this. And Trellis, you were given a great job uh, giving me a good overview of this here as we were meeting just a bit ahead of the show. So why don't you take it away and tell us about Goodwill and your Sure. Um, as you guys know, Farley Goodwill has been around for a very long time, um, and we have focused on working with the community in a very variety of different areas. Uh, one specific area we're focusing on um, is reentry, and we've been doing that for quite a while. We actually run a reentry program entitled New Beginnings, and we've been running that since 2011. Um, and what we do there is provide number one employment for our individuals. Um, we uh, give them full-time employment, which is very important, but we also have an intensive wraparound services that we provide to our individuals that help them remove those barriers. So when they're returning home, when citizens are returning home, they need housing, they need some case management, they may need um, a support group. Um, we direct them to different um, faith-based organizations, um, which is a big support group for a lot of our individuals. Um, and then we provide them with the soft skills training. So those soft skills training are it's a training that we can't really describe. It's going into a job every day, clocking in, um, how to interact with your coworkers, and how to talk with your supervisors and things like that. Um, it just provides a lot of structure and support. And so after that program is over, we have a great celebration on their accomplishments, and then we place them back in the community with higher paying wage jobs. So that's our program in a nutshell. Um, and right now we are running under a 5% recidivism rate, which is the rate of individuals returning back to um, prison. So we have been very excited and happy about our programming. 
Uh, we help them provide, uh, provide them with certifications uh, so that they can do get more education, more learning along with the on-the-job training we provide within mm -hmm. our um, training. We operate in the near north downtown um, Indianapolis in Hallville uh, for our commercial services location. And we mm -hmm. also operate in our four north, south, east, west outlets. Uh, so we have a variety of opportunities for individuals that are looking to change their lives and reenter their communities. You're not busy at all, are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to catch my breath over here, just kind of trying to catch up with what everything you're doing over there. So let's let's make sure everybody understands. Uh, you mentioned uh, recidivism rate and individuals returning to prison. So when we use the phrase, returning citizens, yes. we want to make sure that everybody understands that we're talking about men and women who have been in prison but are coming back into the community, and that's really important for just everybody to know. That's the proper terminology we've been using here in Indianapolis. So take us a little deeper. Tell us a little bit about the history of Goodwill, maybe. Give us a snapshot of where this has all come from. Yeah, so um, Goodwill started from a, obviously a faith-based organization. Um, and still provide those principles of when those things have changed, times have changed. Um, and our focus for just providing support to the community. Um, and we go where the people are, what they need. So the needs have been um, obviously a big need for those returning home. Yeah. Um, we provide education. We have our Excel centers um, that also provide education for those individuals who have not, you know, don't have a high school diploma. Mm -hmm. There is, it's a full-blown high school for adults and so we provide that and along with those services at the excel center they actually also provide the case management services along with them so we kind of touch angles in different ways um that individuals need that support within the community and so through education um and through our other case management services as well as health so we also within goodwill we have a program called nurse family partnerships which is actually for first-time moms who have um, need instruction and help or from their nurses. So we have a home visitation that goes through the system, I mean, excuse me, goes through their homes, um, works through the medical system, teach a mother how to be a mom, um, along with if a mom needs a job, if a dad needs a job, we are a big family. So we look at all the holistic approach on the individual. And so all of those three components add up to someone returning home um, we have the resources for them. You know, the word that stands out to me here in this regard is the word holistic. You know, when we think about these things as Christians, our concern isn't <clears throat> simply to pray for somebody, for instance. You know, First John 3, James chapter 2 tell us if you see somebody in need, you're not supposed to pray for them and walk away. You're actually supposed to pray for them and then engage with them where they're at, the needs that they have in particular, which means the whole of the individual person, which is huge for us, obviously. Uh, in the Christian community. So you mentioned also, one, one other question I wanted to make sure to ask you about the partnership issue. I know, for instance, uh, in the city, you've got uh, churches like Brookside, for instance, that have really good programs. They have some uh, great programs, uh, like through the Isaiah House, for instance, I know, uh, where they have returning citizens come and they already immediately have a job and they immediately have a place to stay, which are the two biggest hurdles uh, for folks. So. Um, Tell us about some of the partnerships that you have just generally with Goodwill and, um, 
and it doesn't have to be about returning citizens, just generally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we uh, have a strong partnership with Eastern Star Church as well. Mm -hmm. I'm quite familiar with them. Um, and they are obviously, a lot of their locations are embedded into the communities that we serve. Um, and so they have a lot of great programs also, and not just for returning citizens, um, but as you said, just to actually local individuals into a, a church family. Um, they have um, they have a case management uh, system as well as we work with them with their case management system. So it's, again, more of a holistic approach on trying to help a person in need, um, whether it is housing, whether it's food, um, food pantries as well. Um, of providing food in the food desert, things mm -hmm. like that. So we have a great partnership with them where, um, again, they're in different parts of Indianapolis, so anyone can go to them at any part that we serve in the community. Yeah, that's great stuff. So it's always nice, uh, especially in a program like this, we emphasize the Christian view of things, uh, to hear that the churches are invested and involved in the whole process as well. So uh, just uh, to give you a sense of things here, uh, I kind of feel like the thorn next to two roses over here. Uh, I want to introduce the man who is the man when it comes to uh, dressing like a man. This is Damon Lane uh, off to my left here. And uh, Damon, I'm just thrilled to have you on the show here today. We've uh, talked a little bit back and forth over two years uh, with Brian Reeder, of course, when we were together that, that time a couple of years ago. Great to have you on the show. Um, Tell us a little bit about the transition that you've made, mm -hmm. and then uh, maybe we can launch into the next segment of where we want to go with your work. Okay. Um, you know, I was with the city, the mayor's office, for uh, six years, and I pretty much, you know, worked in the reentry department, um, engaged engaging the community as well as community partners. Charles um, and I have been knowing each other for years. I partnered on. I can't even count how many initiatives. Uh, so it, it it was just actually a long time coming. Um, I know Goodwill at some point was a place that I, I kind of had my eye on um, because I believe in their systems. I've seen them work. And, and then there's a, um, you know, for me, there's a Christian element to it as well, you know. So again, I, I say that loosely because, you know, to come into Goodwill, you don't have to be a Christian. Um, you don't have to even, I mean, like we were speaking earlier, in some cases, individuals may even be atheists. Uh, we're still going to wrap our arms around that individual. We're still going to provide the resources. We're still going to, you know, love them. So for me, it was an easy transition to make the decision uh, because working for the city, of course, you know, I can't do some of the things that, that I want to do personally that I feel like God has called me to do. Sure. And I have to walk a thin line with that. Yeah. You know, so um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's been it's been two months uh, Friday, so, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Uh, I remember the very first time, perhaps it was, that we actually introduced to each other a Citizen 7 meeting, if I recall. Right. Yeah, that, and we were having some discussion there about parole and mm -hmm. returning citizens, even then, uh, in that particular group. That was a really great time. Um, let, let me get this out of the way first, and then we'll talk more about the uh, about goodwill and your response responsibility to returning citizens. I want you to tell us about the manhood emphasis. Manhood. Yeah, because this is really, you know, quite frankly, if you go online and you, you look at Damon Lane and you look at all of these different pictures, you know, the man is the man when it comes to this stuff. So 
just give us a, a kind of a broad picture of why did you uh, start and initiate this particular this management piece? Yeah. Well, to me, it was personal, of course. Um, for, for individuals that don't know, you know, I am a returning citizen. Um, went to prison when I was 19 years of age from the Hallsville area, which was where Goodwill is. So even being at Goodwill at that particular location is a little nostalgic for me um, and a part of, of my testimony. Sure. And so the manhood piece really comes from, you know, I didn't have that blueprint growing up. Uh, what I saw in the neighborhood, you know, quite frankly, is what no kid should see, male or female when it comes to a man. And, and it just really dawned on me one day, you know, I was just having a conversation uh, with a friend of mine at that particular time, and, and we were just talking, and I just attributed a lot of my anger, uh, my pain, uh, my hurt, and just kind of my overall disapproval with myself, with the fact that no one ever taught me how to be a man. It's like I was just out here <laughs> trying to figure it out on my own, picking up bits and pieces from what I see, what I hear, uh, what I observe. And that, that you know, I said, I want to I want to really change the way the world views man. Yeah. You know, and so that the whole concept comes from that. Uh, there's a definitely a spiritual tone to it. But again, I don't, you know, anybody, sure. I don't care who you are. I'm willing to, to be there for you. But it, it definitely, for me, I know there has to be, it has to be rooted in some type of spiritual connection. So I think the thing that fascinates me most, and you know, knowing you a little bit, understanding uh, why you have developed this from a Christian vantage point is huge. But I also think when people look at us, they look at us. I mean, they That's have right. a visual image of us that they can't get away from. That's right. And so when you, when you show yourself in a certain way, it makes a statement. It does. And that's, thus, that's why I wear suits. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I tell people that all the time. Uh, you know, one of the things that I know Charles can, can uh, attest to this, that I would hear uh, amongst our culture a lot, if, if you wore a suit or something, you know, it had to be for an event. You were going to church, mm -hmm. you know, or you were going to some type of event. Mm -hmm. and, and that's not the case. I'm here with you right now, and I don't consider this an event. I'm here with you right now. It was a similar one. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I was going to say, Trellis doesn't say, David, you have to wear a suit to work every day. It's, like, it's, it's just who I am. And, and like you said, it, I want to make a statement. When you see me, I want to make a statement. One of the, the things that I laugh about, used to laugh about, I don't know anymore because I'm not there, but when I was in the city county building, more people stop me on a daily basis and would ask me, are you a lawyer? <laughs> you know, and I would always laugh and say, no. That's great. You know, but, but they associated the suit with sure. being an attorney. Yeah. And, and that's what we have to recognize. People see you, like you just said, I love the way you put that. And people see you. Yeah. And when they see you, they see you. Yeah. My question is, what do they see? Exactly right. Yeah. When I go to school at IUPUI, I stand up in front of students. This is the way I look all the time. So I wear a jacket uh, with, you know, a button-up, that kind of thing. But I do that to make a representation statement because, you know, my colleagues, um, you know, we don't have a dress code or anything at a public university. That's not necessary. Uh, but I, I want to say something to my students. So I really respect that, uh, what you're saying here about these things. 
I think there's a decorum that has been missed generally in our culture just across America, but I see it certainly in education. I see it in every office kind of setting. Uh, and I think that when we dress in a way that doesn't demonstrate what we think inside, like this might be important to us, our life might be important, the thing I'm doing right now might be important, then you know, maybe we're missing an element to this. Absolutely. Not only that, if you dress, if you, you know, I have heard, you dress how you feel. Exactly. If you dress yeah. in a certain way, yeah. you tend to feel a lot a certain way. There's a lot of positivity, you feel a lot better. So. Yeah, it makes a difference, and I, I think it's not something to be uh, easily shoved aside. So, you know, I, I I might tease you a little bit about, you know, looking sharp and all that kind of stuff, but I mean that in a positive way. It's something that I, I esteem and, uh, you know, mom, mom, we've talked about this already. You know, I'm, I'm really trying to bring it up my level now. Bring it up. <laughs> well, just before the break, we've got about four minutes or so before our break. Let's kind of give an overview to everybody about what you intend to do at Goodwill and then We'll break this down into segments after uh, after our break as well. Okay. For for me, uh, and, and Chel, I'll allow Trellis to jump in here and chime in because I'm sure she has a vision. Uh, for me, I just want to come in and do what is ever necessary to be for goodwill to continue to be successful. Uh, the individuals that we work with, I want to exemplify and model the behavior again. Uh, those goodwill principles, mm -hmm. as well as well as just being personal. You know, I want I want these individuals to realize hey, I'm used. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm no different. Uh, been through some similar struggles, maybe not the same, but similar struggles. And and so for me, it's really seriously all about uh, upholding Trellis's vision and just moving forward. Okay. Yeah. So, Trellis, give us a general sense of what you foresee in the future in terms of not only your work. Uh, individually in the offices that you work in, but in, as goodwill uh, as a whole. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'll just back up a little bit and just talk about why um, David was a good choice to bring on our team. Mm -hmm. um, he, he touched on it a little bit. Having the real life experience uh, was a very big key factor. So he's relatable mm -hmm. um, to our individuals. And we have seen that if you can relate to them, um, it will help them. They will listen, right? And so that's a big piece. And also, um, the professionalism that Damon brings, as well as all of the community contacts, mm -hmm. uh, we just want to make sure that we are giving our individuals that are returning home the best chance. That that's that we give them that second chance. We want to give them the best second chance they have. And bringing Damon on board was definitely a big part of that decision. Um, and what we want to do, uh, what I would like to see us is, is grow our program. And so um, last uh, throughout our program, we've served about. 250 people. Um, we have the capacity to serve a lot more, um, and with them being on board as well, be able to push that out in the community, um, give a different perspective of, you know, what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it, um, a presentation all about how we want to present this thing, um, and to actually bring it to um, other employers, because what we can do to grow it is offer it as other employers in the community. Yes. We've been successful with this thing, you know, you can too. Mm -hmm. Open your eyes, we can provide you with the support to do it mm -hmm. um, and teach them how to do it. So we have had some community partner employers um, be very big supporters and we've had them hire our individuals 
Um, and so that's another thing that we want to grow this into the community of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we've already just grown into actually outside of Indianapolis. We have a Bloomington plant just opened. Nice. Um, and so we, you know, want to take over, you know, this thing in the, the whole state of Indiana and maybe more states. We've done it um, before. Our models at Goodwill, for example, our sales centers, they've grown um, nationally. Um, and that's kind of what we want to look at for hopefully our reentry program. These are fantastic goals, fantastic visions for the future. This is great stuff to hear. Uh, when we come back, we're going to stay on Facebook Live, of course, but when we come back on audio, I want to make sure to talk with you about the community connections because I know you've got a ton of folks that you are connected with on social media. I think in these days, that's a huge issue. So we'll come back to that first thing. You're listening to Warp and Move Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We're going to take one song break. When we come back, we'll be back with Damon Trellis talking about Goodwill Industries, returning citizens, and the good work of Christians around Indianapolis. We'll be right back. So we're still on Facebook Live. Uh, you see you, Dean Wallace. Wallace. We see you, Ricky Woodson. They're loving you up today, David. <laughs> yeah, I actually got, uh, we're doing this uh, panel discussion Friday. Okay. With Dean Wallace. Uh, Movie Just Mercy, yeah, 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 yeah. nice. So, I'm looking forward to that. Good. Ryan Mears, our new prosecutor. Okay, he, he's going to be there. Car trouble. I do. Yeah, we got to get a picture. That's uh, that's important. I think this is something else I was telling you guys about. Uh, IUP one. Um, this the kind of thing that happens here is also really positive with students. I mean, they really appreciate this. Um, black, white students, uh, Hispanic, uh, veterans, uh, homemakers, doesn't matter what venue you come from, the fact that you're uh, you're trying to bring people together to do something for unity's sake, and students really appreciate that. Generation Z, yeah. You get to make sure that it's okay. <laughs> Please. You know, I know how this goes. Right? I'm a veteran at this Let's talk to me. I think that we may want to get together so uh, some of the people who come to the program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give them a chance to talk. Share okay. experience. Yeah. Now, um, we can get a chance to share. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we'll talk about it. Yeah. It matters. It does. Mm-hmm. A whole lot. One of the things I've learned uh, from HB, I've learned a ton from HB, but one of them is the issue of community. I touched on coming their elevator coming up here, but um, the issue of connecting with people, mm-hmm. just so that everybody knows everybody, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean you have to be at every meeting. What it means is that you care enough to be intentional to be right. Yeah, I, I call it respectfully listening. Mm-hmm. You have to listen. Everybody's got to do yeah. And, and so if you listen, then you can say, okay, what part can I add instead of, you know, but most people want to come in and say, here's how we need to do this. Right. No, yeah. they know how to do this. Right. So they figure out how to add some fuel to that engine. Exactly. And that's a part of the whole manual piece for me. It's what you just said, knowing how to scale it down. Because again, from a cultural point of view, you know, the whole man piece is I know everything, I can do everything. I got this, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, no, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say you don't know. It's okay to, to make yeah. a mistake. It needs help. That's yeah. right, you know. And that's exactly who I am. If I don't know something, I don't know. And I'm the first to tell you. Yeah, I know you said something. Real I will important. say you're resourceful to try to find out. <laughs> Humility is the essence of knowledge. Yeah. 
So where you begin with uh, questions, that's the best place to begin. I love what you said, though, because I'm like, well, I should either be dead or in prison based on the stats on what I had to see growing up. Absolutely. And uh, when you realize that stuff, man, it's easy yeah. to go with convictions. Easy. It, it, it's you know, easy. Martin always laughs. <laughs> you just grind. I'm like, man, look, I'm, I'm just lucky to really be I saw some stuff. That's right. Some stuff. That's right. Average kid don't make it out. No, you might not, but they did. Yeah. Because most of the individuals that, that came up during my time, that's exactly yeah. what it was. They're getting yeah. hit or in prison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's from Gary. That's hard. You want to say Gary. Get away from her. Don't be fooled. I know all the lies. Yeah, I see the lies. I see the lies. Producer for the last four years in this particular show, been at this for over eight, going on nine. We're grateful to be involved with HB and all the good work that he does with the Autism Initiative, Urban Autism Initiative around Indianapolis. I'll also say, just as a, a connection point to what's going on around the city, and I would also add around the nation today, is the emphasis on pro life marches. So I want to make sure to alert everybody as soon as uh, you're done, maybe watching us on Facebook Live. I get up, go down to the city. That's where I'm heading uh, down to the pro-life march. Uh, looking forward to that opportunity to be with folks, uh, emphasizing these kinds of things because it is important and imperative uh, for us all uh, to be invested and involved in our communities in any way possible. So back to uh, the issues at hand here. One of the things that we had talked about prior to the break was the necessity of, of community connections, something our guests know we've been doing for four years. But for you, uh, something you've been doing as well, and you have so many contacts on social media, much less in the wide community. Talk about how important it is to have those kinds of connections. Oh, it's, it's, it's very important. I, I think it's essential to, to do what we do. Uh, without those connections, we couldn't do what we do. Uh, those partnerships mean everything, not only to us, but to the people we serve, mm -hmm. uh, because we don't always have the answers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I could reach out to HB or Mark and say, hey, you know, can you help me help me out with this? And you're right there. So I, I think if you try to do this by yourself, you're, you're destined to fail. Yeah. From your perspective, Charles, you had mentioned uh, just at the end of uh, the comments you were making before we went on break about one of the reasons why Damon was a good choice was because of the connections. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you saw and the connections that Damon brings to the world. So I'll give just a quick snapshot of his first week. <laughs> um, oh boy, I can't Literally, wait. the first week, um, he had housing connected um, for one of our participants. Um, he had a bail, a bail reduction um, take place for one of our participants. Um, we had um, fees reduced uh, for driver's license for one of our participants. So that's all in one week. Mm -hmm. So just, just to name a few things that I had already worked with Damon um, prior to him coming to the wheel, and that was one of the things that uh, drew us together, that we both are very passionate about helping people. Um, and then it is about relationship building. That's how we started. You know, hey, what are you doing? Who are you? And what, 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 what can you um, do to help our individuals? Um, and then the fact of um, 
building those partnerships and lasting partnerships. And so with a name with Goodwill, it is it is great to have our name in the community and be able to say we're with Goodwill. Mm -hmm. And that does help us with partnerships, but it's those one-on-one -on -one relationships that keep the partnerships going. Right. Um, and so I think that's a big part of um, what Damon is definitely already brought to the table. Um, it's going to continue to bring to the table and also the partnership we already have built. He, I think that he'll be great with keeping those relationships going. Mm -hmm. So. You had uh, mentioned, Damon, that you were coming out of the city, uh, working with at the mayor's office. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of interaction did you have at the state house with representatives and uh, senators, uh, maybe even at the governor's uh, level? You know, what kind of connections uh, were made there for you in those places? Uh, quite a few. Uh, over time, I mean, and, and that's the thing about doing uh, what, what, what we all in this room do is you meet so many people that it's just hard to keep those relationships. Um, but some of them, I mean, they're genuine, they were organic, and, and you know, we still talk from time to time, mm -hmm. maybe not daily or weekly or anything, but from time to time they'll reach out if they need me or I'll reach out if, if I need them. But I still have some uh, state representatives that I talk to and, and, and uh, some other DLC individuals that I still talk to on the state level. So one of the reasons I asked the question is because of the necessity of, of kind of a two-way um, approach to the kinds of things that we do. So we've got grassroots going on. That's what we do. I mean, the people in this room are grassroots kinds of people. But you also have a top-down, and mm -hmm. you recognize the responsibility and, frankly, the reach of government. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. But, of course, we're really interested in the good piece of that. So talk a little bit about the necessity of utilizing both of those avenues, uh, directions toward doing good in the community. Both of you feel free. Um, I think that the utilization of that is just bringing the, the knowledge to, um, like you said, from mm -hmm. the, the, the ground up. Mm -hmm. And so we have really focused on community-based activities. So one being um, we had a big block party last year where we invited the chief of police who came and spoke, mm -hmm. the mayor came and spoke, we had the fire chief there. So uh, we we try to bring the people that can make some differences to let them know this is the need of the community. Of course, they come to us, our participants come to us, you know, fresh out of prison, they're here, they need help. But we can provide those, um, I guess, those necessities. But as you're talking about up the ladder, some state laws and things like that, legislation needs to change, but they can't make those changes unless we're able to be able to sit in and advocate for our individuals. And so mm -hmm. that's what we're, uh, with the, the use of goodwill and the help from goodwill being the name that they are, we are able to sit on those, some of those seats mm -hmm. and talk about what's going on in the community, um, advocate for those individuals. So. You know, I think about this in terms of lobbying. Lobbying has a, a sense of, of a negative word. Um, and I really like the word that you just utilized, which was the word advocate. So, you know, maybe we should begin to change terminology and talk about the necessity of advocating for somebody else that can't stand up for themselves. I mean, that's the whole point of, of being a Christian. The whole idea of others-centered view of life and things is where we're at. So it really strikes me that to advocate for people is really a very positive thing. One of the things then that we talk about as, as it relates to government, and I love what you just said about the community being grassroots, is that we now have the opportunity to inform those who are in government. Okay. 
because those who are in government don't know everything, just like you were suggesting earlier. We don't know everything. So it's not like people are bad people. It's sometimes they don't have enough knowledge, you know, and that's really an important idea uh, to kind of help people to understand. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the necessity of staying away from adversarial connections or adversarial relationships and building positivity in the community. Uh, you had mentioned that having knowing people or people knowing that you're from Goodwill is a real positive thing, obviously. When you have the word good in your title, it's kind of nice, you know, to kind of go forward with that. It'd be bad if it was bad will or something, you know. But, uh, you know, you're going forward with a positive message. Talk about how you knock down some of the adversarial stuff maybe that you need to face. I, I, I think personally, Trellis and I were kind of, I, let me put it back on me, I brought something to Trellis this morning that, that could have been adversarial uh, in a sense of, of two separate agencies. But, you know, after talking, and even without talking to her, I'm still going to have that professional way about doing things. Mm -hmm. But after talking with her, I just toned it all the way down. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and right now, didn't do anything at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes that just needs to happen. Yeah. From a cultural point of view, and, and especially uh, with, with social media and these different uh, platforms, yeah. it's so easy to be right inside, right inside the confines of your own home to assassinate someone that you don't even know. You know, I mean, I can just use my fingers and, yeah. and publicly assassinate someone, and and it's and, and I disagree with that. I may even agree with what you may have said. Mm -hmm. But it, it was the delivery, sure. the way that it was done, right. that I don't agree with. And yeah. so for me, I think, and I'm saying this, I'm glad you brought that up, because I think this needs to be said publicly, that we, we have to get away from that. We, we need to be able to, to you know, make a phone call and say, hey, you know, Mark, can I talk to you? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. just, just between you and I, I, need, I there's some things I want to get off my chest. Sure. Yeah. Let's that have didn't happen, stuff. by the way. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did. But but it, it, it needs to happen because you know back to the returning citizens, or even back to the children. I mean, we can mm -hmm. take it however you want to see it, right. say it. But it's like what we allow people to see. It's back to that point, and it's like, so are we really about what we say we're about? Yeah. If we can't even get along, you right. know. So I think I think there's a a time and place. For, for uh, people to, to, to have their opinions about situations. Sure. But I don't think everything is for public consumption. No. Yeah, absolutely. I was posting on Facebook the other day a, a passage from Proverbs, Proverbs 18, 17, which says that the first person who state, to state their case sounds right until the second person shows up and <laughs> investigates them further, you know. And so, you know, we see that not just at, at the highest echelons of government, but we see this in day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. You know, like we take the first thing we hear as gospel mm -hmm. when there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on out there that we don't have a clue about. And I, and I think to add to what Damien is saying is that I think that, I know, exactly, I know that there's room for all of us in this country. Right. We have the same end goal. Sure. So yeah. what we have to do is just sit in and say, we're, what, what is our place? Mm -hmm. We're all in this together. Mm -hmm. You have a strength here. You, we have a strength here. You know, you have a weakness here, we may have a strength there. So really, the communication and education of each other's organizations and objectives. Uh, again, unfortunately, there is a lot of people out there that need services. And mm -hmm. so 
fair and, uh, for us all to come together as a community, yeah. um, it, it should be no, a no-brainer. Um, yes. And I do know that there that there can be some things that can be adversary, but a conversation can go a long way. Uh, invite can go a long way. I'm very big on inviting people to come and meet with us, come mm-hmm. and see what we do, come and look at, you know, ask, talk about what our struggles are, what our challenges are, um, because they may have the answer and mm-hmm. vice versa. So mm-hmm. I think that's important as well. One of the, the words that I use when I'm on the campus of IUPUI is I say to my colleagues who are not necessarily believers, I say to them, I'm here to serve the university. My job is not to be antagonistic toward the things that I obviously don't agree with. My job is to come in, do my job well, and then uh, have opportunity then to engage people in ways that might not happen otherwise. But if I come in swinging, man, that's not happening. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole issue of, of uh, the unity piece is really uh, crucial and important for us, I think, and, and something that we have to really work at. We've had so many different guests in this program. I'll just tell you about one. Uh, Dee Williams comes to mind immediately. The Central Indiana Realtist Association. If you're familiar with that organization, Realtist was the name that had to be uh, describing African-American realtors because they couldn't use the name realtor. Yeah, so here's, in your community, there's something that exists called the Central Indiana Realtist Association. It's continued since 1947. So Dee was on the program, Myra's on the program. They've been on the program a couple times, actually, promoting their good work. And one of the things that was really cool to me, I mean, I, I was so honored for this to happen. After they had been on the program a few times, she invited me to give the invocation for their big lunch that they were having, you know, all these different people from around town. And the emphasis was always that here, here are people who are really interested in doing the right thing, going in the same direction. And I love what you said about we all have the same ends in mind, and that's really crucial for us. So one of the issues that we face, you know, kind of following up on the whole consequences and ends issue, is deciding what ends we want to end with. So you were giving us a vision earlier, Charles, about the kinds of things that you want to see happen. If you could give us one, two, or three ideals, let's say, you know, you and Jesus are locking arm in arm, and you're walking down the road together, and things are cool, and you can do anything. What would you like to do? You can do absolutely anything. I would like to bring um, not only the state of Indiana, but the recidivism rate to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way that I feel like we can do that is providing the right support. So mm-hmm. whether that's through education, mm-hmm. case management, housing, all those those supports that are needed, mm-hmm. we can't do that without having community support, right? Um, and in and, and jobs, employers. So. Mm-hmm. My end result would be to have that at a zero, but how to get there would obviously be little compartments on how we would get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so. From your vantage point, Damon, if, you know, you and Jesus walking arm in arm down the road. Mm-hmm. The best thing in the venue in which you work. Impossible from your vantage point right now. Right now. Yeah. Um, my, my thing would really be men just stepping up and, and being because I, I think, personally, this is my personal opinion, I think that would alleviate a lot of the things that we see today, a lot of the issues that we face as a nation. Uh, I think, I, I'm not saying it would eradicate it totally, sure. but it would definitely put a dent in it. Yeah. You know, the, the T 
teenage pregnancy, uh, just just everything, mm -hmm. runaways, all the mental health issues. Uh, I mean, just a lot of things that, that take place today. I think just come from uh, men just walking away from their roles in life, mm -hmm. you know, and the sadness of that. Yeah, and the devastation that they have to their wake. Right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And one of the reasons why I'll be going to the city and marching with others today, a pro-life movement, is because that's part of what happens there. You know, men leave behind what they leave behind, and women have to deal with what's left. Right. And so that's the real, the real travesty of these kinds of issues. Uh, when I think about the issue of, of ends and consequences, I'm thinking about the kinds of things that happen uh, on the campus, let's say, for instance. And I, the kinds of uh, issues that I face and conversations I have go something like this. Um, you know, we're sitting around this table, we're having this discussion about education. And we all know where we want to go. We all know where we want to be. But where we start from, we're not always agreed on. So how are we going to get from here to there is a big deal. And quite frankly, the, the conversation we're having just in the last few minutes Honestly, it's a conversation that if it's not being actually said out loud, it literally exists all the time. Exactly. Let, let me say this, Mark. I mean, because you just made me think about it. The the problem that I really see, uh, and HB kind of you know touched on this when we went on break, is with men, and, and I can, I'm sure Trellis can even say women may do this as well. But I, I'm a man, so I'm speaking from that perspective. We attach our identities to things, mm -hmm. to stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's that's how we view ourselves. And then society perpetuates that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I'm a man because of this. I'm a man because of this. I ask the question all the time to God, I was like, what's a man? And they'll give me a list of characteristics. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always coming back like, so if you don't have money, if you don't have that car, if you don't have that house, that wife leaves you, mm -hmm. where, where, where did your man do that? Mm -hmm. did, it, did it leave with that person? And basically, yes, because you've identified yourself with that thing. Mm -hmm. So we, we have to be rooted in who we are. And now for me, that's in the Bible. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not pushing that on anyone else. Right. And until you really have that clear understanding and acknowledgement of, of, of who we are, I mean, we, we're just out here wandering. Mm -hmm. And we're passing that on, that same mindset we're passing on. At 47 years old today, I'm still on that journey of becoming the man that I want to be today. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed to say that. Yeah. You know. to, to fess up and, and say what's true is really important to demonstrate manhood. Right. And, that's that's absolutely. Absolutely. and from a, a woman's perspective, um, it's not very much different. <laughs> except, you know, we, we kind of was talking about this on the way over, David and I, about self-worth. Mm -hmm. um, it's important um, for... I mean, from a woman's perspective, perhaps I can speak from that side, um, to acknowledge that, you know, I'm important too. Mm -hmm. I am, I don't necessarily need a man right. to be a, a part, a woman, you know, and what does that entail? And have the self-worth of yourself, mm -hmm. you know, you can be who you want to be, be yourself. I mean, whether you want to be educated, whether you want to this, take this job, whether you want to have a baby or not, those kind of things. Um, is all that, that a woman has to think about to be a woman. Um, but it all really settles down to what are you worth, you know, for yourself. So mm -hmm. I know what I'm worth to me. You know, that doesn't matter what I may be worth to Damon or to you. Right. Or, you know, it's just 
wanted my work to myself. Mm -hmm. And that's where we, I think we should start, especially from a women's point of view. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for the straightforward uh, responses here. I have one more question, uh, which you know might seem kind of uh, difficult for some people to broach, but honestly, we've been talking about this for years and years and years, and uh, I love having this discussion. How is is it that the white community can be beneficial and can best serve the black community in the ways that Goodwill is interested in serving? And by that, I don't mean in some kind of uh, top-down situation. I mean, come alongside and work with together. I'm going to have to say one big concept is education. Um, because I feel like um, we actually just went through anti-racism training at Goodwill and I learned a lot. Um, and one of the things that I took away from that training was uh, sitting around the room with my white colleagues um, is that they just, a lot of them didn't know. I mean, it wasn't that they were bad people or that they intentionally did whatever it was or is intentionally doing things. A lot of them just were um, just ignorant to the knowledge of what that means to be a black person in America. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's for me would be where I would start um, to answer that question is let's get some education. Let's talk about this thing. Let's open it up. Mm -hmm. um, because if we don't know, we don't know, mm -hmm. right? And I and there's a lot of people out here, some that I that do know and know what you know what what's going on. But then I did realize, and like I said, it, it was open to my eyes that a lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I would start with just education and communication, mm -hmm. and I think that we could go a long way with that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Thoughts from your perspective? Yeah, man? I mean, I, I'm I'm going to piggyback off what Jealous was saying because that, that's my answer. Uh, I always say I'm a student of life, and when I speak of education, I, I speak on it holistically. I mean, there's the academia, but then there's those things you need to learn about life. Yeah. And for me, that's she hit it on the nail. Um, again, I, I'm always asking kind of hard questions, and I ask guys. So when you when you are confronted with racism, or let's just say a racist, whose fault is it? And, and, and of course, you know, they, they kind of get stunned with that. But I want them to realize that it's learned behavior. Mm -hmm. You can't pick out a racist baby. You know, you can't go to some, you know, uh, ward at a hospital and, and look and say that baby's racist or that baby has hate in, 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 in him or her. You yeah, know, obviously, <laughs> most of the babies are connected they are. because they're babies. Exactly. They're white or whatever That's right. Are. Absolutely. So, you know, it's learned behavior. It's what we learn. It's what the world allows them to be exposed to and, and, and us in our homes. And, and so we, we do. We have to be better stewards of our time, uh, better stewards of, of, of our identities. Mm -hmm. um, and then we got to do this. I mean, community is, is what it's really all about, you know, breaking bread. Um, I, I think that's one of the things that gets is a, kind of a lost part, so to speak, sure, today. Yeah. You know, just breaking bread and running up. One of the obvious easy things i talk with people about this all the time is the i word of intentionality mm -hmm. if you don't step up make the phone call text you know reach out whatever that means then it's not going to happen mm -hmm. if you don't do it it's not going to happen you can talk about doing it but that ain't doing it mm -hmm. you gotta go and do something with somebody and make a difference in that way 
I'm really grateful for your time today. Thanks ever so much for joining us Thank on the program. Looking forward to uh, pushing out the podcast later on when it comes out. Uh, Facebook Live, for those of you with us here, this will be archived. You can watch it, send it out to your friends. Please do tag everybody you know. Uh, make sure that folks uh, get to see and hear the kinds of things that were, that were said here today. We're really grateful for you joining us, and thanks ever so much as an audience for you participating with us. Next week, we have David Council coming in, and he's going to be talking to us about his work, not only as an architect in the city of Indianapolis, but he is invested in something called the Circle City Fellows, something I really want to push out to folks as much as I push out all of our great guests today with goodwill. Thank you again, Trellis, for Damon. Thank you so much for coming. Bye. Thank you. Until next week, Wednesday from 11 to 11.50, you're listening to Warp and Wolf Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Group site. We'll see you then.